chili dogs outside the Tasty Freeze in our little pink houses while we have a wild night. Ash, we're going to talk Johnny Cougar. Yes. (laughs) And to be clear, I will at no point be referring to him as anything but Johnny Cougar during this episode. I feel like he should have just kept that. I, the amount of which this his character is referred to as like grumpy and ornery and all of those things in this episode makes me realize this is someone who would never like me. So therefore, I'm just going to present this in a way that would irritate him. So from here to far, <laughs> I'll refer to Johnny Cougar. For the rest of your life. Like yeah, exactly. From yeah. now on. My dad knows him as Johnny Cougar because he heard him when he first came out. So he's just like, oh, Johnny Cougar. Yeah, he just referred to You should have had him on here. My dad, well, he was on the other podcast yesterday with my mom, so. Oh, right, cool. (laughs) Talking. There's only so much of my parents I can put on podcasts in (laughs) 24 hours. (laughs) Uh, So, all right, let's start with Mr. Cougar. Okay. As he's formerly known. And you can refer to him however you like. Johnny. No, I'm sticking with Johnny Cougar. I like Johnny, Johnny Cougar. I like it. Uh, what, we'll start with our classic opening question. What does he mean to you? Well, I, he was, he's kind of one of those artists that I always feel has been around and I never really took too much time to go into his backstory. So this episode was crazy for me. Like I didn't know <laughs> half of what happened in his life and I have so much respect for him in like terms of what he went through. Like it's crazy. Uh, yeah, he's he's one of those artists where, and and it plays out in the story where he, he you know, in my mind, I first time I ever heard of him was with the Wild Night cover, which we'll go into depth with later. Okay, but then later, Jack and Diane and and yes. Pink Houses, those are ROC Can you say those are songs I really associated with those those Time Life '80s songs of the '80s mixes that you would Ooh, see commercials for you know with I the yellow writing those. and so like to me it was just cheesy 80s music which i'm sure would make him again super angry oh man he's not a pop star he made a song about it exactly which again i'll ask you what you think about that when we get there's so much to talk about in this one. this is <laughs> i couldn't i didn't know anything about him either i mean i knew he was from indiana and i knew he was grumpy uh-huh. but aside from that i didn't know much about his life but to me those songs are great and I would never even want, I never really took him that seriously, but I also would never want to, would if I were him, want to run away from that awesomeness. Because if I had written Jack and Diane, I'd play it every day for the rest of my life. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have seen him perform, and he was Ooh. he was quite good. He did a little acoustic set at a, at a big festival thing I went to once. And oh, that's he, cool. He was good. He wasn't grumpy. He, I was going to say, he didn't storm off stage or anything? He didn't storm off stage. Okay. No, it's okay. All right, let's, let's get into it. I want to start... With his his midwestern roots, have you have you spent any time in the Midwest of the United States? I mean, you're from no, the I Midwest haven't. of I'd, Canada, though. Yeah, I'm like Southern Ontario, like Western New York, but oh. like oh, Ohio is about as far as I've been. So I, I've been to Indiana. I've been to Lafayette, Indiana, where um, good friends of my dad's lived, and Indiana is cool. I really I really dug it, and. Um, and everybody there, I remember on this visit for this bar mitzvah, was listening to John Mellencamp. I of mean, course. Johnny Cougar. Sorry, Johnny Cougar. Johnny Cougar. They were they were really serious about him there. Um, so he he starts off with his, we start off a lot with his Midwestern roots, and they spend a lot of time 
teeing you up for this is a guy who wants to be back in his hometown with his roots. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was thinking of you in being in the UK, and I don't know if if this resonates with you, but I've seen particularly bits with comedians where the whole notion of being posh is, is has a negative connotation, and, and there's a lot of making fun of the, the sort of upper crust type of people, and, and being not posh seems to be like a real badge of honor. And I kept okay. thinking in my head, what Johnny Cougar... Is, is there a Johnny Cougar of, of the UK? Um... Or, Wow. Um, well, also, am I totally off base with my whole posh, not posh thing? Or, or is that... No, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Like, like the north of England hates the south of England, like London. Because they think they're better than everybody else. Yeah, like, we don't like the posh people down south. Um, I'm trying to think. No, I don't... Like, for orneriness, I guess you would go with, like, Elton John. No, he is a grumpy side. Both, yeah. both also have a friendship with Billy Joel. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'm struggling to think of any way that fits the sort of cougar, Johnny Cougar mold over here. Probably one of the pops, like One Direction, or one of them or something. I don't know. <laughs> one of the more sullen One Direction guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, okay, so his life starts immediately with adversity. He has spina yeah. bifida, which I had no idea about. Nope. His parents take the risk on surgery as a young kid, and he he survives. Um, then he grows up in a pretty tough upbringing. They described, you know, working, you know, working on the farm. Was it a farm or in a carpentry place? It sounded very hard. It sounded not like my was, upbringing. It was, yeah, it was manual labor. <laughs> and his father and his brothers, he, they described his dad as cracking the whip on him. I don't mm. think, maybe figuratively, but... Um, I, would ho- I would hope so. And then at 21, uh, the first of at least twice we know of where he um, uh, gets a young lady pregnant and then marries her. <laughs> yes. He secretly marries his girlfriend, and then they go back to their houses and they don't tell I found anyone. that hilarious. I chuckled at that. I don't know why, because I was listening to it at work and stuff. <laughs> said that they're like yeah we got married and then i went back to my house and she went back to her house we didn't tell our parents i was like what like how does that even happen yeah i i i had i look i have no frame of reference for that for that no me neither but But like small town indiana like you'd have thought everybody would have known oh yeah that's a good point well either way i think you know considering how as the the story goes on he he really is not much of a, a parent or a husband. I thought this was a very kind of responsible move of him in the sense that yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. he he married his girlfriend, um, proceeded to not spend any time with her afterwards as he yeah, went on and developed his career, but that was that was a sort of man-up moment for him. Yeah. Uh, then uh, he gets a job at a, at a phone company. I'm sort of skipping his, like, university career and all those things. He gets a job at a phone company where... <laughs> Where he exactly, and why does he get fired? <laughs> because of his coarse language. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, again, I'm imagining this scene in the movie of him. Of then there's no movie, but if there was a movie of yeah. him, you know, cursing out some lady trying to get her, you know, collect call me. <laughs> 
Very sassy man. All right. So then he's he has he's made a few records. At one point, by the way, did you see the point where I thought I missed something? But at one point, you see him in his early days. He's dressed in a sweater vest with a bunch of people in pink, like pastel outfits. Did yeah. they explain that, or did I just they just no, drop I that B roll in? I think they just dropped that one in just to be like, what what happened here? Yeah, a little shock value. Okay. So at one point, he's wearing a sweater vest and he's singing with people in pink outfits. Why not? <laughs> and his career's about to go down the tubes, and then he writes Hurt So Good and Jack and Diane, and mm-hmm. has two top ten singles, and is the first artist since John Lennon to do that. Mm-hmm. And this uh, quick Beatles aside, I uh, this weekend my mother purchased the Red and Blue Greatest Hits album, you know, the Greatest Hits albums of the Beatles. Those, oh, yeah. Where they're looking down the apartment building, or, or I forget, it's a famous building. And I started listening to that with the kids and explaining to the Beatles, and, and they immediately loved the songs. And they were so. Because, you know, if you've grown up in, in our world, you know the Beatles songs, right? You just. Oh, yeah. There's the line my in. Dad, my dad's British. I mean, I, the Beatles were on constantly. Exactly. And there's the line in. And I think it's Sliding Doors, a movie I have not seen all of, but where the character says, everyone knows the Beatles songs. They should be called the Fetals because you know them when you're in, in a fetus form. So. <laughs> He, here I am playing the Beatles for my kids for the first time, and they immediately like the songs. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. These are the Beatles people. <laughs> like, right? Like, you hear Love Me Do for the first time. You're like, oh, my goodness. This song's amazing. I haven't explained them to yet that the Beatles were One Direction before One Direction was One Direction. They were the original One Direction. Exactly. So, anyway, so, all right. So, that was my Beatles aside. Now, Fair. so, John, so, he, so he, is, he is making John Lennon like moves. And then, of course, the haters start a hating. Of course. And I won't use the terminology he used in the episode, but he talks about how he's accused of riffing off Springsteen, and Springsteen's accused of ripping off Dylan, and there's this these accusations being leveled at him. What is your take on on those types of accusations against guys like this? Um, like as in, are we talking about this instance or just in general? I'll go with either. It could be the, the the three characters who we talked about here, Dylan Springsteen yeah, and Mr. Cougar, or in general the whole notion of, of criticizing someone for sort of being similar. Like I would say Aerosmith got criticized for being like the Stones, you know. Did they? Yeah, they did. The, the, the whole like what? large-lipped, raspy-voiced kind of Blues-inspired rock and roll, Steve Tyler with the guitar guy and Joe Perry. Okay, but that's like well before like the whole get a grip, you know, um, amazing era that we're familiar with. At that (laughs) point, they were no longer. They were already pretty huge, but in their early days, they were. Um, that's I did not know that. That's really weird. Um, well, I tend to find when things hit big, there seems to be. We talked about it last week, I think. Armageddon, Deep Impact. Like, things come in twos. (laughs) So, like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's always going to be two shows or two films or two singers or two bands that are similar that come around of the same time. And, of course, the accusation is going to fly. Like, you ripped me off, I ripped you off, you ripped off this person, da 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 (sighs) I don't know. So You have to be in the room to know if they ripped them off. Like... It was a conscious decision. So. That, that's fair. Okay, so I am... So, of the three artists we talked about, 
I like yeah. Johnny Cougar the least. Meaning, I like a greatest hits worth of songs of his, but I'm hardly a fan. I okay. own not all of, but most of Springsteen's albums, and I own not all of because it's really hard to own all of Bob Dylan's album. But I own close to that and tons of bootlegs. So I'm huge, pretty huge Dylan fan, and I am a less huge but big Springsteen fan and m- medium cougar fan but i would say from what i know of these three folks the most authentic to his music and character to me of that group is actually johnny cougar yeah and i would say this because dylan brilliant amazing maybe the most influential single single songwriter of our time but dylan's whole entire career is this mystery of who his persona is right like he copied Woody Guthrie he copied Elvis he yeah. copied right he he's always been this who the heck is Dylan character so yeah. already they say Springsteen copied Dylan but he he was influenced by a version of Dylan but I don't see that I don't even see that comparison like I could see the Springsteen coogie but I can't see Dylan coming into that but to be fair I'm not a huge Dylan fan so I only know about like four songs so so then I'll go with Springsteen, which I think at one time Springsteen was pretty authentic. But like now when you see Springsteen singing about like the like the working man, it's just odd to me. The guy's so incredibly rich. And and, and Yeah, but you could say that about John Coo- Johnny Cougar, you know what I mean? Like he's rich now, but he's still singing about Indiana. But not everybody loves him, whereas like everybody loves Springsteen, right? Like Johnny Cougar is this like grumpy old dude. I can't I mean he's rich, right? But like yeah. he's not He's not selling out arenas. Anyways, but in the order of liking their music, I I, I like Johnny Cougar's the least. Anyways. So then he goes on the road. His marriage falls apart. (laughs) Um, Surprise, surprise. (laughs) uh, And he marries another very nice pregnant lady, and they have a couple of kids. And then they, uh, they start talking about him making his next album, and in the process, the, again, a brief aside, but the producer that appears is this guy, Don Gaiman, who uh, produced, I don't know if it's my favorite, but on on any given day, it could be my favorite R.E.M. album, uh, Life's Rich Pageant. So Mm -hmm. that's just a a side factoid there. Uh, And he then sets up his studio in his neighborhood or in his house in Indiana, and there's a lot of talking about him being in the small town and little interviews of him hanging out with his close friends. And but then they show you interviews with like NBA legend Reggie Miller is like <laughs> he's really down to earth. <laughs> like unless they went to high school together. <laughs> oh, hey man, live the life. Are you a basketball fan? I know you're a football fan. Huge. Oh yeah. really? So who's your team in basketball? Uh, New York Knicks. New York Knicks. My experience with the New York Knicks revolves mostly around the NBA Jam era where you had Ewing and Starks. Yes, I actually have a Ewing um, jersey. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah. always rooted for that Knicks team, which is odd because I'm a, I guess by definition a Sixers fan. But I would assume you're a Sixers fan. Yeah. But that, but that era of the Knicks was fun to root for, even though it came up short. Yeah, and uh, and of course Chicago Bulls, like Jordan Pippen era. Oh yeah, yeah, that was so cool. Have you watched yeah. you watched the thirty for thirties? Those are pretty cool. Not yet. The Michael Jordan ones? Well, there's the thirty for thirty, the one on Reggie Miller. Oh yeah, I've seen those, but I know there's like isn't there supposed to be like a six part series or something like that from thirty for thirty? Oh no, I haven't seen that. About I'm Michael just, Jordan. I just one of the kind of great episodes is the Reggie Miller episode. 
Oh yeah, there, there's quite a few. Like, oh, we should do that one next. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thirty for thirty. Before we do each Hollywood, each true Hollywood story. Oh gosh, you yeah, have that as well. Oh, God, thirty for thirty. Double our work there. Are such well made. They're uh, so they're good. So good. If I could recommend one, by the way, the there's this one called. The, it's about the Spirit of St. Louis, which is an ABA basketball team. It is absolutely it was something I knew nothing about. It was absolutely amazing. And then I rewatched the Will Ferrell movie where he is in the ABA. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like weirdly way more similar than I realized. <laughs> so, anyways, okay, all right, so. Uh, let's see. He he does the he makes the album. Does he make? I think he makes the Pink Houses song next, and and then he starts calling himself John Cougar Mellencamp. That's him calling himself, not me calling him. No, because we refuse to. <laughs> exactly, and he starts making the transition, and then they start showing you a lot of audio of him yelling at people. <laughs> Just for effect. Now, now, how do you think, or I, I don't know if you're, you followed the drama with A Lethal Weapon, the TV show on Fox. Oh, gosh, yeah. How Clayne Crawford got thrown off the show, and there's this audio of him yelling and cursing at people. Yeah. I, I didn't view some of the John Mellon, the John Cougar stuff in those videos as, like, much different. I mean, it was maybe a little bit more nicer and focused on the work, but, but I wonder if a guy, if, if he could get away with that today with phones and... Inner, inner, um, and the ability. I th- he's the money maker though. Ah. Like he's the sole money maker. You know what I mean? Whereas on Lethal Weapon, there was a few of them. So that, that replacing is one isn't really going to affect a hell of a lot. Whereas Coogie, he's the man. So you know, yeah, you kind of go that, with it. That is true. And I also think that musicians, like if there's a frontier, if different industries are cleaning up their act. If there's a frontier that isn't going to anytime soon, <laughs> no, music, music is I never going to do it. The amount of passes for rock and roll, oh for, yeah, for things that other people are going down for, I don't think. And I'm not suggesting Johnny Cougar, you know, committed any crimes or anything like that. But at least from a like yelling at the hostile work environment, that guy, yeah, definitely um, seems to have created one. All right, then he comes to Farm Aid. Did you have you ever seen any of those Farm Aid concerts? I haven't. No, to be honest, I've never really heard of it until I was like, it was like watching this. I was like, oh, well, that seems really so, a nice thing to do. I heard of Farm Aid. It had probably existed for a while, but I heard of Farm Aid in the '90s when I, I was a Dave Matthews fan. I guess I still am a Dave Matthews fan, but in that era in the '90s where like you wore plaid pajama pants around walking around grunge, grunge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, but you wanted to be like Dave Matthews, so sort of like post grunge, more of like a hippie, wearing right. pajamas, uh, and. I think he played at Farm Aid, and that was kind of what drove my attention to understand that Farm Aid. But the the bills of musicians they would have at these things were absolutely amazing. I, um, it just just a super 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 lineup of musicians. Um, and he then gets this moniker as the spokesman for the Heartland, uh, the spokesman mm-hmm. for the Heartland, which I had two reactions at this point. One of them was. His reaction to being a spokesman was, I don't want to be a spokesman for anyone. I want to be a spokesman for me. And I'm like, okay, I get it. It's so tough yeah. being so famous. But then also, his hair was getting increasingly ridiculous as the story goes <laughs> <Yes>. on. <laughs> like larger. 
than his ego. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. As his ego gets bigger, the hair just gets like more voluptuous. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't luscious like luscious locks like David Cassidy, Cassidy was like voluptuous. No. And then and then they talk about him as a uh, um, I would say a, 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 I don't know if it's a groundbreaker, but when he puts a, a black uh, man and a white woman in a video in a kind of yes. romantic setting, he gets threats from the KKK. Ridiculous. Which, I mean, I, I that was something I had. I, did you, did you, I had no idea about his role I, or his that no, having no idea. I thought that was, I thought that was very cool that he kind of stood up for that. I mean, it's not like it's a. I, I didn't see the whole video, but they didn't show anything particularly risque, especially by like today's <laughs> standards. But it, yeah, it is kind of wild to me that in the eighties, that I, I just didn't piece that together that that's something that would have happened. And by then, I you know by then uh, I lived in Canada, so totally yeah. Liked it. I don't know if we, we didn't really have anything like that. I don't know if we had that. We had other horrific things, but not. not we didn't. This have is that. very true. We didn't have that particular issue. Um, and then one thing I also noticed was the. It was this moment that one of the guys who who I would make the plea for best supporting actor in this episode was Matthew McConaughey, who they kept getting <laughs> clips of. But they have Matthew McConaughey, and then they have him listed as friend. Friend. <laughs> like Reggie Miller, friend. Matthew McConaughey, friend. And then, like, his brother. Um, McConaughey, would you... I, wouldn't you like to hang out with that guy? No. No. He kind No, I... No. I don't really want to party with him because I... I, I, I just... Uh, I couldn't no. hang with him. Like, it would... It would, you know, probably ruin my life. But but he's a guy I would like to like, I don't know, go have barbecue with. Uh, maybe only because you said barbecue. But um, I don't know. No, I've never really. I don't dislike him. I'm like, mm, just I wouldn't want to hang out with him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. I just like him to read me things. I love his voice. Like even those Lexus, oh, really? com- those Lexus commercials, or uh, one of those commercials he does. I don't know if it's a watch or a car. I'm just like, yeah, you just read to me. I'll, you I'll Lincoln take, lawyer. I'll take right. Seth Meyers' version. I'll <laughs> hang out with that version. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll take him. <laughs> all right. So he he's, wasn't a good parent, <laughs> as we see. And then he doesn't want to be a pop singer and then writes a song about that. <laughs> Kudos. What is your take? This is a consistent theme. What is your take on the artist that doesn't want to be famous and then, like, writes a piece of thing, a piece of art or creates a piece of art complaining about being famous that just makes them more famous? Um, it, uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's just a vicious cycle of ridiculousness. <laughs> It, I don't know. I've seen it happen in, like, TV land a lot, where, like, a creator will be like, oh, I created the show, and then the network just totally ruined it. And I'm, you know, and that, meanwhile, I'm like, you're making millions. Like, why are you moaning and complaining? I don't know. I, I have... I, I, I have no compassion for people that are making millions or making any money off of something they love doing, so... Yeah, he, he definitely seemed a little grumpy about it. Okay, now... Yeah. In addition to being a bad parent, 
and a bad husband. We turns out he also doesn't take care of himself very well. <laughs> yeah, he's just a bad human being at living, I think. Um, and he kind of has like a heart attack that he he do- oh, wasn't he paying did. attention to. <laughs> what exactly yeah. happened there? Um, yeah, he, he was performing, wasn't he? And then he came off stage and was like, felt really ill. And then everyone thought, oh, he's got the flu. And he went to bed, woke up, and was like throwing up everywhere and stuff. And um, like eventually figured he should go to the doctor in Indiana, like his hometown doctor. And the guy was like, you've had a heart attack. He's like, nah, don't be stupid. And he's like, no, you, you've had a heart attack. <laughs> like, you need to sort yourself out. And he canceled like the rest of the tour which his bandmates were like we've never done anything like this before like it was serious and, yeah that that was actually a moment um, <clears throat> that that was um, a moment that I did enjoy was the professionalism of these guys as musicians that like mm-hmm. that for all of the whining like they showed up they did their job yeah I mean you know they I think they said something to the effect of like we played we played concerts like half dead um, yeah, on our deathbeds, but we never canceled, and that—that's. Cool. I think it's that like that sort of like blue collar work ethic that so many people have. If you've grown up like, you know, in the heartland kind of thing, and in you know, working class families, you know, like I can't call in sick today. I've got to go into work. Da da da. I think that just runs through people like that. Yeah, and and I think <laughs> and I think it also connects to the whole. St- like show business I guess these guys weren't like Frank Sinatra show business but there's a little bit of the show must go on like people have paid and that yeah true that I feel like really is respect for your your fans and that to <laughs> me while again he probably wasn't chit chatting with his fans or being like gracious with them in person showing up and playing the songs <clears throat> for them like that that means a lot especially when yeah but oh go ahead see this is the thing you, you've been to like a load of concerts I've been to a load of concerts like what is your opinion like I would I would rather have 100% from somebody like if they had to postpone be like I don't feel well oh, I've had the flu or whatever I'd be like yeah cool no problem like Demi Lovato we wanted to go see Demi Lovato and she's had to take a break because of her vocal cords I'm like go girl like get better I would rather see you at 100% so, um, I like a lot of artists whose the rawness of their voice in concert kind of, kind of is part of the charm. So, uh, I prefer, so I prefer them giving a hundred percent, even if physically they can't give a hundred percent, meaning if the performance is there, right? Uh, but certain things are not what they used to be or up to par. That's fine. If they're too sick really to perform, then yeah, sure, I want them to be healthy. Like, I'd rather have them take care of themselves. But the thing that actually enrages me more is, is the guys who come in and phone it in and who do the same exact oh, thing every yeah. night and yeah, tell yeah. the same exact story. And and, and there, are, there are shows where you have to do the same thing every night, like Lady Gaga and yeah. Pink. Like, these are massive productions. Now, maybe they even switch things up, but, like, those are massive productions. You can't miss a cue when you're flying through the air on a scaffolding or something like that but yeah. but when sort of acts just come out and give you the same the same thing every night and they're just phoning it in for the cash I'm going to call up the Eagles who <laughs> my Ooh. my father-in-law loves and even he saw them once and was like yeah they clearly were like coming up to cash the checks and like, ate oh, each other man, with that. that's the worst so I would take I would take physical weakness without putting themselves in danger over like emotional weakness because right because then you feel then you feel kind of cheated like I really it really turns me off to see an artist that is not giving their 
all that they have available to them. Yeah, like, yeah. I once saw. Have you ever, you ever heard of Fishbone? They're one of my. Uh-huh. They're so they're one of my favorite bands of all times. And before one of their tours, Angelo Moore, the singer, who's one of the most sort of bombastic, amazing front humans ever for a band, he had torn one of the ligaments in his knee and then got a staph infection. And so he had to come out and play with uh, with like a cane and like a little like bench that he sat on and stuff. And for, for him, it was almost like kind of amazing to have him come out and not be flying into the crowd and all of that mm-hmm. but he really he really gave it and then there's those stories of Axl Rose when he broke his he broke his leg and he had to use Dave Grohl's throne Dave yeah. Grohl also had the throne and, and so I don't know I guess you feel a little bit bummed out but I appreciate when guys when guys give it all um, okay so alright heart attack alright now comes my favorite Johnny Cougar moment when he didn't even have that name at all, which is him and Michelle Indigcello. Um, uh, uh, I can never pronounce her name properly. Teaming up on Van Morrison's Wild Night. And I like this version more than the Van Morrison version. Same. <laughs> I love that bass line. Oh, yeah. So good. And I don't have much else to say about it other than I love that song, and I thought that was really cool. And I remember Much Music making a big deal about how it was first it was his first album with his straight up regular name. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Now comes some of my playful questions. Okay. They're making <clears throat> Johnny Cougar the movie. It's just called <laughs> Cougar. <laughs> Which is going to be very confusing for people. Cause, yeah. Because they're going to think, is this a Cougar Town movie starring Courtney Cox? Courtney Cox. Is yeah, it... Exactly. <laughs> so it's called Cougar. Who do right. you cast as the lead? Hmm. And I know I'm springing I... this on you, but. Off the top of my head, I'm going to go with Michael C. Hall. Ooh, wow. You went deep 80s? All right. Very Oh, wait, no, Michael C. Hall? That's no. not 80s. I you know what? That's I was like say, not... I was like C. Thomas Howell. No. <laughs> and I say that only no. because I just bought a copy a, a double like disco pack of Red Red Dawn and Navy Seals for some reason were being sold in a <laughs> DVD store. So I have C. Thomas Hall in the brain. Michael C. Hall. So that's that's Dexter, correct? Dexter, six feet under, yeah. That, I think I'm basing it more off of looks. I think that's a great choice of looks though, but also he's got that like scary kind Intense, of yeah. Like a little bit murdery. Well, he was perfect in Dexter, wasn't he? So, yeah, 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 exactly. But I mean, like, if if someone told me that you know Johnny Cougar got in a shootout with someone <laughs> over a chili dog at the Tasty Freeze, I'd believe it. Yeah, true, true. So here's who I would cast. All right. Hit Timothy Oliphant. Ooh. Nicely played. Because think of him in Justified, right? Like that, 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 the cowboy version of Timothy Oliphant. I haven't watched the show with the, the zombies eating with Drew Barrymore, but so not comedy Timothy Oliphant, but like, you know, man I, in the hat Timothy Oliphant. I'm also thinking Scream 2 
version. I was just talking about Scream 2. Can you, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the Scream saga. So I, I, I'm a big Scream 3 fan. That one I remember really well. I love it. Same, yes. I think Parker Posey is amazing. Yeah, and it has so many great meta jokes, and it, it's so great. And yeah. But Scream 2, uh, Jackie from Roseanne is the murderer, along with Timothy Oliphant, right? Like, they're, uh-huh. they're like, they fell in love from, like, internet correspondence. But she, what is her motivation? Was she Skeet Ulrich's mother Mom. or something? Okay. All yeah. Right. All right. So that that is the... I was trying to remember this the other day, and I didn't want to IMDb it or Wikipedia it. I was like, I should just know this. I should know. Yeah. But it also, is the weaker of the, of the Scream films but still a good watch it, it is it's 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 weaker although i will say the the redemption of cotton weary Liev schreiber element to that is a cool part of that movie yeah and then he gets off very true and then he gets off in the opening scene of scream three and scream four yeah. is no bueno really i quite enjoyed it i mean it, it you know what it 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 was a fun in its moment thing, but there was nothing memorable about it. Although I did enjoy who the villain was, I did True. enjoy what they did with that story because they need. See, this is like they made it relevant to, I guess, the bigger scream universe. So that part I go to it, but that one I feel like I feel like those other ones will will are timeless. Like you could watch those three in the trilogy, but if you never uh-huh. saw the fourth one, you're like, yeah, all right. Yeah, it's it's sort of a long past the original stories, but I don't know. I still really like it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe I'll and, do it. And the MTV I... show as well was very good. Oh, they have. made an MTV show of it? Yes. No kidding. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Got to check that out. Okay. Please and now, <laughs> the moment that the few people who download this are waiting for, the Rockstar Anatomy Showdown. Oh, here we go. Okay, so I think we've got to go with his hair. I was going to do his hair or maybe his, like, fleshy lips. Um, I think, I don't know. Personally, I would go with hair because okay. that's the first thing you think of. So we're going to do... But feel free. Johnny Cougar's hair against our, our current, you know, one-week champion, mm-hmm. Shania's midriff. Go. <sighs> Just because she's Canadian, I'm going with Shania. <laughs> you just go to the Canadian. So I'm just I'm, panicking. To me, <laughs> panicking. Canada, Canada. Just say Canada. Uh, I am gonna go with Shania's midriff, and I'm like a hard like. This is like I don't even have to pull the Canada card because <laughs> I panicked. To me, if to me if we were gonna do if Johnny Cougar's grumpiness was a body part. Then I yes. would feel like he would have a defining thing that could go against her midriff. But yeah. he really, his hair just, it kept changing. And, and again, it was like, it, kept, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then smaller. And and, and, and while it was a, an element of him, it, it really, I couldn't think of one thing that really defined him the same way that like her midriff, like there's a whole section of her behind the music about the midriff. Exactly. And so yeah. to me right now... Shania's midriff is the body part to beat. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the ones that we have missed. So between Shania and John Mellencamp, we skipped Stevie Nicks because we already did enough of her with Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Confirming again, she is not Lindsay Buckingham. Or, <laughs> or no, the other lady, Christine McVie, is not Lindsay Buckingham. That was the main thing I learned in that one. 
and then actually we're gonna we're gonna be in order for a little while. We're gonna uh, we're gonna be in order for a little while. We've got Metallica coming up. Oh, I'm really excited. That is gonna be really cool. Have you seen them? I've not. My friend in, at Roller Derby, um, she won some contests though, like last whoa, year whoa, to hold go. Hold on a second. You do roller derby? I try to. Amazing. I've seen it. It is so cool. And I love it that is really movie cool, yeah. with Kristen Wiig and Drew Barrymore. Whip it. Yeah. Great movie. That, that is what inspired me. Ah. I was like, I want to be like Kristen Wiig. That's awesome. All right. Sorry. Metallica, your friend. Uh, yeah. She won these like awesome tickets to go down to London and like meet them and stuff like this. And I was like, how did you get this? She's like, I just like phoned the contest line and actually won. I was like, you're the first person I've ever met who's won anything like that. That's, that's insane. That's amazing. Well, I, I won't get into it too much, but I, I, I didn't, I did not grow up a huge Metallica fan, although I have tremendous respect for them, but I did go see them on the last tour. So I'll report on that. Nice. But it was, it was, I won't, I, oh, spoiler alert. It was awe inspiring. <laughs> um, I mean, it, was, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> Um, but I have a lot to say about them as performers and as as people who are, are you know, and, and how they interact with their fans. I have, I, have, I have a lot to say about them. So, all right. Well, that brings us to the uh, to the behind to the behind of this behind uh, the music. Uh, Ash, where can people follow you? Um, you can find me on Twitter, comedy underscore girl, and on Instagram, improvinator. Cool. And uh, is there anything you want to plug? A roller derby match, perhaps, or an improv slash roller derby match? Uh, oh man, that would be amazing. That would be great. Would you improv? Would you improv while you were roller derbying, or would you like get roller derby points for improving during like the breaks when you're not? Oh man, you've got. I've got so many ideas now. Like I don't even know. I'll have to work. I have to work out logistics. I, I would be inclined to be like improv on roller skates. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. We just created another show. <laughs> so, okay, so no other shows coming up. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the plug. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, no, we just got one on in July, but I don't think anyone in Britain listens just yet. Cool. So. Um, you can follow me at pancake for table uh, and on Twitter and Instagram. And if you would like to hear more of my voice and my sisters and I, you can check out the Friday night movie podcast. The, the, the most recent episode, I will, I, I'm not sure which order all of these will be posting on, but I, I urge everybody to go and listen to this episode. We just taped because it is eighties music related in that, we went with my whole family to see to, to, to participate in a live dance workshop at All Star Comic Con with Shabadoo himself from Breaking. Nice. And so that that is uh, that I'm <laughs> I can't wait to tell you about this. This was wild. <laughs> he was very cool. He was very cool. Good, good. But it was it was a true like meta moment. Um, anyways, all right. So with that, we have sucked on our chili dogs at the Tasty Freeze, and we've explored all the success, heartbreak, passion, fame, fortune, and glory of Johnny Cougar. We'll see you next time on Behind the Behind the Music. Bye bye. See ya.